0: Our scripture reading for today is taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 7. These are the final verses of what is referred to as Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. At the beginning of that sermon, we're told that Jesus' disciples came to him. So he's speaking here uh, to those who know him and are following him. And we read in beginning with verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them... And it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. These are your words, Heavenly Father, they are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our Christian faith through them. Amen. Please be seated. It's a strange feeling to go into your grocery store, if there's one that you're normally shopping in, and to see completely empty shelves. And back in August of 1992, that's what I found. I was living way down in southern Florida, and I went into our local grocery store, and there were a couple of rows and aisles that had nothing on them. And the reason was, We were about three days away from Hurricane Andrew coming to hit southern Florida. Hurricane Andrew ended up being a a Category 5 hurricane and just absolutely devastated. The other side of the state, I was living on the Gulf Coast side, but on the Atlantic side, on the east side, uh, devastated around the region of Miami. Uh, the city of Homestead was, as one reporter described it, nearly wiped off the map. Um, one of the uh, city government officials that went out to check on Homestead the next day uh, said that there was a one-mile square area that was all housing where there was nothing higher than his waste that was left. That's the devastation that this storm brought. It was just something else. It destroyed 63,000-plus homes. Just think of that. It damaged another 124,000 homes. Uh, I lived on the other side of the state and it still damaged 80 homes or destroyed 80 homes over there. It was the equivalent to today's dollars of 53 billion dollars in damages caused by that one storm. And sad to say most importantly 65 people lost their lives because of it. It was at the time the most costly disaster in United States history. And um, it made me appreciate two important positions (laughs) or vocations. One was that of a meteorologist, because we had warnings about this for days to come. That's why all all the grocery store aisles were so empty. But the other was that of a building contractor. You really appreciate those who built the buildings that you're in when you're in a storm such as that. In Jesus' day... Uh, On the edge of the Mediterranean Sea, there are storms. They don't get quite as big as the hurricanes that hit our land here, but there were storms. Sometimes they call them cyclones. There's a name for the ones that happen on the Mediterranean Sea. They call them medicanes. (laughs) Medicanes sounds like a a new drug. But uh, medicanes. And there was one that hit in 2021. It killed four people on an island off of Greece. And uh, so uh, caused $100 million in damages. So that, that shows that in Jesus' day, too, the storms that he's referring to was something that was very real to people and something they could certainly relate to. And the context here is that Jesus is talking to his followers. He's talking to those who follow him. And... He's using the imagery of a storm and and where or how someone might build their spiritual house, let's call it. In other words, your faith, your your trust and confidence. Where do you build your spiritual house? And uh, he's he's trying to use that imagery to help us better understand that for ourselves. The same summer that, that that hurricane hit, in fact only a month or two before that, I had had a conversation with a gentleman that illustrates exactly what Jesus is talking about. Let me explain his situation. Uh, This is a man who was in his upper 60s, and uh, his wife had recently joined a congregation I was serving. I was a pastor of a church down in Naples, Florida. And his wife had joined the congregation, and he now had decided since she was going to go to church that he wanted to join as well. Well, she had gone through some instruction to do that, and he, because he had learned some things back when he was a child, he said, "I'm a Christian. I don't need to go through any instruction. I haven't been to church in over forty years, but I'll uh, I'll just join your church. Just sign up. Sign me up." And I said, "Well, I'd like to come over and talk to you a little bit first." So I went over to their house and sat down. And I remember on the coffee table he had his confirmation certificate out from when he was a child, when he was probably fourteen. And it was from a Lutheran church up in Minneapolis. And uh, I looked at it, it was kind of interesting to read. I saw what his Bible passage was that he had been given and uh, something from the book of Romans and so on talking about the importance of believing in Christ to get to heaven and all of that. And in our conversation, I finally said to him, let me ask you something. I said, on what basis do you plan to to be led into heaven someday why do you expect God is going to let you into heaven someday and for about two minutes he said well i haven't killed anybody i haven't robbed any banks i don't do drugs i've tried to be a tried to be a good husband and he went on for a couple minutes extolling all of his virtues and all of the things that that he thought he had done so well and then i kind of let him finish and I finally said to him, you know, it's interesting you, con- you consider yourself a Christian and yet in everything you just told me about why you expect to go into heaven, you never once mentioned Christ. You never once mentioned your Savior and what he had to come into this world to do for you. You have built your entire hope of going to heaven someday on you, on what a great person you are. And that's easy for us to do. We like to think about our good qualities and virtues and things but think how meaningless that really is think how how poorly I know I actually follow the commandments of God think of all the lies that I've told in my life I think about the the greedy things that I've done and thoughts I've had selfishness that I've had how I treated my sister when we were kids I think about the lust that can rage inside of our minds and our eyes Think about how materialistic we can be, all of that sin and wickedness, and we somehow can think that our life record is going to be so good we could hold it up to God on Judgment Day, and God is going to say, wow, good job, come on into heaven. It's not going to happen. Jesus calls that sinking sand. When you you build your hope of going to heaven on your goodness... And it's a tempting thing to do, even for Christians, even for people. Jesus is addressing this to Christians, even to people who have been taught that that's not correct. The Bible says to every one of us, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That is certainly true for me. When I look at my life and my record, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so if we expect to build, like that man was doing, if we expect to build our hope of getting into heaven on how great we have, well we have lived our life, according to God's commands, it's just not going to happen. That is the storm that is going to take down many people's spiritual homes. That's what Jesus is warning about. Now, notice that he describes people hearing the word. There are people who, he's talking about two kinds of hearers. Those who hear the word but they don't put it into practice. So what he's explaining here is that we can go to church. We can come and sit in chapel. We can go to a Christian college. We can listen to and learn and know the word of God and at the same time not, still not build our spiritual house, our trust on what Christ has done for us. Jesus puts himself in this parable as the rock, and his words, the teachings about him, is like a solid rock. God sent his son into this world to make payment for every one of your sins, all of the ones that would have kept you and me out of heaven. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us, cleanses you from all sin, the Bible says. And when we put our hope and our confidence and our trust in him and build our hope of going to heaven on him and what he's done for us, that is the solid, firm foundation that our Lord wants us to build upon. That is the rock that will survive every possible storm that can ever hit any one of us. After going through a hurricane, the storm finally reveals the significance of where you built your house. Jesus Christ does not want a single one of us in this room to find out too late that we built our spiritual house on the wrong thing, on ourselves, rather than on him and on everything that he came into this world to live and to do for us by his perfect life that he gives to you as a record, that by his by his sacrificial death that he offered to make payment for all of our guilt, and by his glorious resurrection from the dead, giving us the promise that someday we will rise from our graves, those who believe in him. This is the solid rock upon which your Lord wants you to make sure to base your faith and your hope of heaven. He says to you today, "'Come unto me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.'" Now, one last point. There's a side benefit. Okay? If you build your house on a, on a solid foundation to survive the Category 5 hurricanes of Death and Judgment Day, okay? if you build your house on such a solid foundation that it'll survive that, it will also get you through the smaller storms. And that's how it is with Christ as well. When we build our hope of going to heaven on what he has done, not on ourselves, but on what he has done for us, that solid foundation of Christ will also get us through the minor storms of this life, the little troubling things that happen in our lives, the little problems in our families and things. So what Jesus is talking about here is not simply about when you leave this life to go to heaven, most important of course but even about how that word of God applies to the day-to-day things in our daily lives as well, and guiding us through those minor storms as well. Our Lord says to you and to me, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Amen.